Often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to our show for today. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host here at Gen R Holistic Radio and publisher of Regenerate Magazine that you can check out at regeneratemagazine.com. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love you, our listeners, and want to support you and everyone who embrace the notion that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices you make to regenerate your body, mind, spirit, lifestyle, and career. Our guest today is Nathan Crane, an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, conscious filmmaker who is dedicated to helping every human being experience a healthy, sustainable, and meaningful life. From addiction, dependency, jail, and homelessness to profound spiritual awakening, Nathan found his life's purpose in helping people experience more health, joy, and fulfillment in their lives, dissolving harmful habits and mental attachments, and experiencing physical, mental, emotional, financial, and spiritual transformation. Nathan has dedicated his heart, mind, energy, and resources to the blossoming of Unify Fest, a four-day transformational festival with world-renowned musicians, keynote speakers, workshop teachers, yoga instructors, and indigenous leaders focused on helping unify humanity for the common good of all people, animals, plants, and the planet. For more information on this great event, go to www.unifyfest.com. Welcome to the show, Nathan. It's great to have you here today. Thank you, Sandra. I'm really honored to be here. I really appreciate you for having this platform and this wonderful show and for inviting me to be a part of it. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You have a lot of great stuff to share. And let's start with how your life underwent a pretty significant transformation. Uh, We just mentioned in the intro how you experienced things like addiction and jail. So tell us about this time in your life prior to your spiritual awakening. What was it like? Sure. Well, we have to go back to my childhood. (laughs) There was a lot of traumas in my childhood as many of us have experienced uh, in life. Yes. Um, and and on, this, on the path of seeking, you know, inner understanding and, and fulfillment and happiness and freedom, as I think we all do at some level, um, I, found, I found substances that, that made me feel really good. Um, I always, even when I was nine years old, I, I, my whole life I've always been with my people who are twice my age or older, all my friends, um, colleagues, people I hang out with have always just been older than me. And, and if you're nine years old and hanging out with, you know, high schoolers, you're a lot more prone to, you know, things like cigarettes and, and uh, um, drugs and alcohol. And so I started very young. I started uh, at nine years old, actually, getting introduced to those kinds of things at 12 years old, you know, alcohol and, and, um, and, and you know, my addictive nature my addictive behaviors really kicked in because of how it made me feel, how it made me 
feel like I, you know, was leaving a world of, of, of pain and, and loss and confusion. I mean, I never really felt good about the social systems that I was a part of. I didn't feel like the school systems were really there to inspire and awaken and teach and, and unite people and, and encourage people to be their best selves. I, even as a kid, I always felt like they were there just to, you know, condemn you and punish you and keep you in line and not allow your creative freedom to come out, but to say, here's the answers, we have it, you guys shut your mouth and listen to us. And, that, and for me, you know, I always, um, I was always the one that, that stood up against that, and it always got me in trouble. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always got me in trouble in the way that I did it because I didn't do it very diplomatically, you know, it was more of just causing problems. Um, and so, you know, my parents had problems They, you know, they, they had their own challenges and divorced when us kids were young and, you know, us kids, my brothers and I, you know, we, we fought a lot. We took the anger out on each other and, and, um, you know, so we just, we had a lot of, of challenge issues, health issues, family issues, and then addiction. And at 15, um, I basically got kicked out of the house and I was uh, living on the streets. I was couch surfing. I was, um, sleeping under park benches, sleeping in the back of my car, things like that, um, and really got heavy into drug use and selling drugs and drug addiction, um, alcoholism very intensely. I mean, you know, 15, 16-year-old kids, you know, waking up at 6 in the morning and drinking a half gallon of vodka throughout the entire day and adding all kinds of drugs and cigarettes and things like that on top of it and doing that for years. I really should have been dead. You know, I mean, the lifestyle I lived, there were so many opportunities for me to, to die, to leave this planet. I got so depressed at one point, they were sending me away to jail. I mean, I even tried committing suicide. And um, I actually slit my wrist with a knife and fell asleep and woke up the next morning before they were supposed to take me. Um, and uh, and I woke up in the 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 cut had already healed and I just expected to die that night, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I, part of me really didn't want to. And the other part of me was just so tired of feeling so much suffering, so yes. much pain, so much confusion and lost and all of these things that, um, I did want that to end and I didn't really know other options. And so I guess, you know, what I've come to find, um, over the years is that, that I've been able to be a voice to help others who are struggling with addictions, with, um, with loss, with challenges, with emotional traumas, with, you know, so many issues that are related to lack of love, lack of compassion, lack of understanding, lack of purpose and meaning in life. And so when I was 18, I really had this strong epiphany. And my best friend at that time, who was like a brother to me, um, he said, hey, I've, I've got to get out of here. I'm going to California. I was like, wait for me, man. I've, I've been having the same thing. I was like, let's go together. And we got in my car um, a few weeks later, said goodbye to all our friends. And um, I, I think we had a few hundred dollars and a couple suitcases and, and drove to California, to Oceanside, California. And um, mm. basically, you know, we ran out of gas there. And that's pretty much where I started my <laughs> life over. <laughs> On the beach of California, we were playing uh, a guitar uh, make it about five dollars a day on the on the um, on the street, uh, just enough for uh, what we call bread and lettuce sandwiches. You know, it was enough to 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 survive on until we got jobs and started started 
growing from there. Um, so that was kind of the, the really traumatic part. And there, there's so much in depth in that. Obviously, we just don't have time to go into. But, but you know, I really had this profound awakening at that time. I had this vision of myself in the future. I had this, all of a sudden, this feeling, this notion like, hey, I could actually do something with my life. I could, I could be somebody. I could help other people. And that was the vision that came to me that I was standing on this stage and there were so many people in an audience and I was speaking to them. And, and I was doing something that was helping them. And it felt, and it felt so good. Better than the drugs? <laughs> this, was, this, was, this was one of the rare times I was sober, actually. <laughs> okay. I had, this, I had this, this huge vision. And, um, yeah. and, and it was incredible. And that was like the big inspiring point for me. And, oh. then, and then I didn't know where to, I didn't know what that meant or what, what was going to happen or how to get there. I just made me have some hope. And I think that's what people need today is they need to have at least some hope, uh, especially people who are suffering uh, majorly with like diseases. You opened uh, your show talking about diseases. Well, I've had the, the, the blessing and, and the very incredible experience of working with um, tens of thousands of people who have cancer. Mm-hmm. And one of the things uh, when you have cancer, one of the biggest things you really need is hope. Yes. Someone comes and tells you and says, I'm sorry, you only have five months left to live. Right. Your hope has gone out the window. And yes. it's the worst word somebody could tell you. And so you need some hope to start. I mean, that's not, the, that's not the end solution, but it's the starting point. And for me, that's what it was, is I had some hope. Um, and, then, and then I naturally started doing things like meditation. I didn't know how to meditate. I, my, my hips were so um, locked up that I couldn't even sit cross-legged one leg was like all the way straight up in the air like going up towards my chest but I just started sitting cross-legged I started sitting quietly started um, trying to meditate and then I eventually after a couple of years uh, met uh, my first well I would say my second spiritual mentor um, in San Diego and from there I just questioned everything I started Mm. questioning everything about life about addiction about why we're here, what we're here to do. I started meditating hours and hours a day, exercising regularly, changing my diet, cleansing my body, going through this huge, this huge full life, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual transformation. And that journey's continued now for the last 12 years. Um, yes. And has continued with deeper, you know, research and investigation and interviewing other, I would say, you know, spiritual leaders and, and um, teachers and spending a lot of time with them and doing a lot of this research within myself, mm. sitting quietly in meditation, writing, journaling, and then sharing that with others in groups and discussions and conferences and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's been this really incredible journey. It very much feels like I have lived four or five lifetimes in this very short life I've lived so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a lot feel, packed into grateful. one life. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot packed in and I think it sets up really well uh why you have established Unify Fest, which I'd like to get into 
on the other side of this break, I think you explained very well why you want to put that message of hope and transformation out there. So thank you very much for that very personal story, Nathan. We really appreciate it. So as we get ready for our break here, let me give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show. At Gen R Radio, we believe that gut health is critical. Did you know that cultured dairy is an important part of gut healing and immune health? Learn how to make your own yogurt, kefir, and cream fresh at home with Monica Corrado's new ebook on culturing dairy, part two of the series on cooking techniques for the gut and psychology syndrome diet. This ebook is available at selineriverpress.com. That's S-E-L-E-N-E, riverpress.com. Now let's get ready for that break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Nathan Crane, president of the Panacea Community, executive producer of Unify Fest, which we're going to talk about on the other side of this break, filmmaker and inspirational speaker. Stay close, and we'll see you in a jiffy with more cool stuff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Nathan Crane, president of the Panacea Community, executive producer of Unify Fest, filmmaker and inspirational speaker. And in the first segment, Nathan talked to us about his personal history and the trauma that he went through. And during the break, Nathan and I were talking about how 
at the time, those experiences are quite trying. But then when you move beyond them, you realize that you are not the person you are today. You wouldn't have been the person you are today without those experiences in your life. Nathan probably wouldn't be putting on something fabulous like the Unify Fest had those things not happened to him and, and the subsequent spiritual awakening. So, Nathan, yeah, what are your, what are your feelings on that? Yeah, as, as we were discussing briefly, I, I feel like there's so many of us that go through these traumatic experiences in life and often just kind of sweep them under the rug. Um, not really want to deal with them or bring them up or talk about them. Um, it happened to me as I went through this major transformation. I, uh, after I yes. got to California, I got totally sober and clean, um, started meditating, all of this. I went through this experience for about a month where like, I lost all sense of who I was. I lost all sense of any ambition to do anything except just walk around in meditation and sit on the beach for hours and and meditate, and just in this blissful experience for, for about a month. Um, and then I came out of that, and it was like I was a different person. I was somebody completely different. Um, I even talked differently. I, wow. I, it just every part of me was different. And I, and I was trying to understand, and I was trying to know um, and deal with this, this whole past that I went through, and I was even negating it and um, not knowing how to speak about it, not wanting to speak about it. It was almost as if it didn't even happen. And, and then I started really looking into that. And it was, for me, it was about accepting and it was about forgiving and it was about understanding and knowing, yes, all those things happen, all those terrible things happen. And, and I had to forgive myself. Yes. I had to forgive others that I blamed. Um, I had to accept it as a, as a, part of my journey on this planet. And what all of that did, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It, it took some time, but what it eventually did was it, it freed me from any judgment, from any blame, from any guilt. And, and it opened me up to go, oh, okay, yeah, th- I needed that because now I can help other people who are struggling. I needed yes. those experiences because now I can talk, I can really relate with people who are going through major challenges in their life. And, and I'm grateful that they happen because they allow me to see into the lives of other people who are suffering and allow me to create things and create opportunities and gatherings and events and, and books and resources that can support and educate people how to move through you know, yes. these very challenging times that we're experiencing. That's right. That's right. And one of the big things that you're doing right now is Unify Fest, as we've mentioned a couple times. So tell us a little bit more about that. So Unify Fest is this culmination of pretty much all the experience and work and passion and research and, and um, experimentation that I've gone through this last 12 years. It's, it's really the, the focal point of the deepest meaning of the work that I can do here on the planet, um, and it leads into something even, even much larger. Um, I've been producing events and conferences and expos and retreats and summits and writing books and so forth for, for a number of years now. And, and it all led me to this point of how do we come together as a community and experience an amazing party festival experience, but do it in a way that lifts you up, it enlivens you, it gives you vibrancy, it, uh, you also learn, it's educational, um, you learn how to live more sustainably, you learn how to live in community, learn uh, deeper meditation practices, more spiritual practices, uh, learn about food, health, and healing, 
um, and have an amazing time doing it, listening to amazing music, taking workshops, doing yoga, all these things. And pretty much what happened was um, in, in uh, 2014, 2015, I had this it was a vision that came to me of Unify Fest, and it was about unifying humanity, creating a festival experience that's really about unifying humanity. It's about celebrating our, our Native American brothers and sisters, the indigenous rites, the multicultural ceremonies from around the world, um, really about increasing and improving our health and our vitality and learning to live more in harmony with the planet, learning to live more sustainably, and as your show is so beautifully poised to discuss and bring this up, learning how to create a generation of regeneration. I mean, if we're going to live sustainably, we have to learn to regenerate the land, regenerate our lives, regenerate our health. Um, and, and that's what Unify Fest is about, it's about unifying humanity, um, honoring uh, our, our Native brothers and sisters who have, who have stewarded this land for so long, there's so much healing that still needs to happen there. You know, there's so much trauma there that has happened not only in this country, but in countries all over the world where Native Americans are losing their land, losing their ceremonies, losing their sacred ways of, of, of uh, ceremonial experiences and living sustainably and growing their own food. It's being taken from them. It's being pushed away. And so I think there's so much to learn from these Native communities um, all over the world uh, I got to spend time with uh, um, indigenous community in Costa Rica. I spent uh, a lot of time with various indigenous communities here in North America and, and have learned from so many Eastern traditions as well, Buddhist, Taoist, Zen, and so forth. And there's such beautiful ceremonies and practices that can help move us forward. And so that's what Unify Fest is about, unifying humanity, bringing us all forward to the next level of, of regeneration and sustainability and doing it in a really fun, epic music festival environment. Aha. Okay. It sounds really great. <laughs> so now when and where is this? So Unify Fest is September 22nd through the 25th. It's a four-day camping transformational festival. Uh, campers can actually come early Wednesday afternoon and set up. And it's in Santa Fe, New Mexico at this beautiful 200-acre pristine property a living museum called Las Golondrinas. And again, that's Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's quite a special place. You know, New Mexico is known as the land of enchantment. And it really is quite magical here in so many ways and so profoundly transformational in so many ways. And so it's definitely the perfect place. The community here is amazing. The community has really gotten behind it and supporting it and excited for the festival to happen. There's big art installations. There's a children's village. It's alcohol-free. It's really about promoting sustainability and transformation. There's many indigenous elders and spiritual leaders coming from all over the world to offer ceremony. And then there's 170 bands, uh, musicians, DJs, yoga teachers, workshop teachers, elders, and on and on and on. It's really uh, an entire village experience <laughs> in four days. Um, and, and I do encourage people to try to attend all of it if they can, because it's immersing yourself in that environment that can really create true lasting transformation really quite quickly. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that you have indigenous elders and ceremony as part of this. That sounds wonderful because, like you said, there is so much wisdom there about the connections between us and the earth and the animals, everything. I think one of the ways that 
Western society has gone off the rails is thinking that we're all quite separate, that somehow we're separate from the earth, that we can uh, extract more food from it by dumping toxic chemicals on it. Uh, It's such wrongheaded thinking, and the thinking has only been going on this way for a couple of hundred years. Uh, It's gotten us into a big mess, whereas these indigenous peoples have been around for thousands of years, so there's so much to learn from them. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, all of us are related to an indigenous ancestry somewhere in the world. I've I've actually been learning more about my own ancestry, and my ancestry goes back um, uh, to Finland and to uh, Germany and to the Celts. And, you know, so I've been studying and learning and researching about, you know, what were the Celtic traditions? What were the ancient ceremonial traditions, the ones that, that we resonate with, the ones that are good, the ones that are about um, connecting, unifying, honoring the land, honoring spirit, honoring life, and learning those ceremonies and those traditions. Um, I feel like the land that we live in, right, we weren't, we may have been born where we are, like I was born in America, in North America, um, and so I feel really strongly connected with the roots here, the Native American roots, and so You know, uh, Pia, one of our sacred song keepers who's performing at Unify Fest, um, when I interviewed her, she said, you know, we're like spiritual orphans here in America, most of us. We've come from, you know, other traditions, uh, other regions of the world, and we don't even know our own roots. And so, you know, it it just makes sense to honor and learn the roots and traditions and ceremonies of the land we're on, because there, there's so many beautiful mm. ones. And then also to learn our own from the land that we come from. And I see this, this blending and this unifying happening in the future where then we're creating new ones that are appropriate for our time, that are appropriate for our communities, that are appropriate for embracing all peoples of all walks of life, of all traditions, religions, colors, creeds, sexes, beliefs, um, for doing a couple of main things. One is... Caring about each other, yeah. caring about the planet, and caring about the spiritual life force that, that really emanates through all of us and unifies us as one human family. Mm, okay, wow. So many good points there, Nathan, and that sounds like an amazing event that's going to be coming up here in Santa Fe in September. It's Unify Fest. And what we're going to do now is get ready for our next break. But one thing that Nathan has mentioned several times is the importance of sustainability. So he speaks uh, about that extensively. And so we're going to get into that on the other side of this break. So thank you again, Nathan. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And let me thank our sponsor for today's show before we go. Are you familiar with the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Nutritional Protocol? Get the book that Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride's as everyone needs. Monica Carrado's ebook, Meat Stock and Bone Broth Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet. This book is available at CelineRiverPress.com. Now let's get ready for that break. Thanks again, everyone. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Nathan Crane, president of the Panacea Community, executive producer of Unify Fest, filmmaker, and inspirational speaker. Stay tuned, and we will talk more about sustainability on the flip side. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. 
Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here today with Nathan Crane, president of the Panacea Community, executive producer of Unify Fest, filmmaker and inspirational speaker. And one thing that Nathan has mentioned several times already is the topic of sustainability and how important that is. And Nathan wrote an article on this topic for the July-August issue of Regenerate Magazine, which is coming out soon. So, Nathan, let's talk about this for a moment because the article made so many good points about what sustainability really is. So can you define that for our listeners today? How How do you see sustainability? Yeah, it's really a good question and, and something I think all of us um, can learn more about, certainly myself um, included in that, as I'm learning more about it every day, is you hear sustainability and you often just think of the environment or the ecology. Um, that's one kind of um, misconception of what sustainability is. It's, ecology environment is part of sustainability, but it's not the whole thing. The other kind of misconception about it is people think that it's just flatlining. It's like just surviving. It's just barely past dead. Um, it's just getting by, and it's absolutely not true. Um, sustainability, the definition, the, the literal, you know, dictionary definition of sustainability is something that can continue indefinitely. Yeah. And how long is indefinitely? That's forever. Yeah. So for something to continue forever, 
it has to regenerate itself. It has to be self-regenerating, um, like, like a forest, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a whole movement around, um, in, you know, calling regenerative sustainability, which is fine. I use regenerative all the time as well, just so people really understand what it means. I just want people to know that sustainability already means regenerative. It already means the definition of sustainability literally means it has to be able to regenerate itself, otherwise it's not sustainable. So a forest, for example, um, looking at it through this viewfinder of sustainability, how does it regenerate itself? Thousands of ways, but some of the key ways, if you sit and observe a forest, you'll notice the canopy trees, the tallest trees, what do they do? They're there to provide shade for all the lower species, all the lower trees, all the animals on the ground. Um, they're also there to provide perches and nests for, you know, uh, birds, that, birds of prey, eagles, hawks, things like that. Um, they're there for many other reasons, but these are some of them. As you go down in the forest and you look at uh, the tree line that's under the canopy tree, you know, the, the, the medium-sized trees, um, they're there either providing fruit or shade or mulch or leaves for the ground below as well. Um, shade for the animals, protection, um, things like that. Uh, you go down to the bushes, you go down to the ground covering down below at the, at the very uh, soil level. They're there, they're regenerating the soil. They're dropping leaves, they're putting nitrogen back into the soil like legumes, all kinds of legume trees and plants. You know, one of their main function is literally to pull nitrogen out of the air and put it into the soil. So a lot of these big factory commercial farms are um, manufacturing or having to purchase manufactured nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium to fertilize their their orchards and so forth, which is creating so much devastation to the planet. It's creating dead zones in waters because all that fertilizer runs off into the ocean and then in the ocean, there's way too much nitrogen there. Uh, the, the, the animal life in the ocean can't even survive. So, you know, we can, get away, we can get rid of having to manufacture any fertilizer at all if we simply emulate a forest and plant trees, bushes, ground covering, uh, shade, canopies, things like that that are automatically, they're going to drop uh, leaves and branches. Um, and, and also, you know, when they fall over, they're going to, decompose and, mung- and uh, uh, fungus and mushrooms are going to take over. The mycelium is so important for the life of the soil. Um, the nitrogen-fixing plants are going to put nitrogen back into the soil, creates mulch and compost, um, helps prevent water from being evaporated by the sun, on and on and on. And you go to a forest and nobody takes care of it, right? But it can be there right. for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, because of all these things, the other thing about forests is, you know, they naturally attract rain. They naturally attract clouds. Clouds are drawn to forests, right? That's one of the other things, too. So you have a desert environment. You can actually turn it into a forest, and you can do that by following a lot of principles that are taught in permaculture, for example. Mm. Um, so anyway, this I look at sustainability and emulating a forest and emulating nature and apply it to every aspect of our life. So again, it's not just the ecology. Sustainability can also be looked at with our health. Is your health sustainable? Is it regenerative? Are you uh, regenerating the cells of your body, of your brain, of your tissues? 
by the foods you put into you, by the liquids you put into you, by the breath you put into you, is it regenerating your cells or is it deteriorating your cells? And when you have disease, it is because of cellular degeneration, because the body yes. is not regenerating. It's degenerating because you're not getting the right nutrients, you're not getting the phytonutrients, you're not getting um, the vitamins and minerals, the, all the things you need to regenerate the tissues of your body. I mean, there are um, people that have been known to live hundreds of years. And, yes. you know, this is documented in China, for example, and they've done it by being able to regenerate the cells of their bodies. So sustainability can be applied to the ecology, the environment can be applied to our bodies, to our health. It can also be re applied to, um, I look at it in terms of, uh, of uh, self-governing systems, of social systems, of mm. community systems, of educational systems and curriculums, and start looking at sustainability from all of these viewpoints, whatever your interest is, whatever industry you're in, whatever work you're here to do in the world, and say, look, are we doing this truly sustainable is our model actually regenerating society? Is it regenerating people in a good way? Is it sustaining people's lives? Is it, you know, sustaining uh, the environment or is it deteriorating? Is it taking away more than it's putting back? And if that's the answer, then you need to change something to make it regenerative and, and sustainable. Wow. Okay. That was a great definition. And... Uh, so encompassing. I like the way that you applied sustainability to so many other things, not just the environment. And uh, I just want to make one point here. You had mentioned regenerative farming. Uh, I just finished a book by Joel Salatin, who refers to him himself as a lunatic farmer. And he wrote a book called The Sheer Ecstasy of Being a Lunatic Farmer. And he has a beautiful regenerative farm called Polyface in the Shenandoah Valley of the United States. Very outspoken about these topics, specifically about how to farm to regenerate the land. Uh, his farm is very regenerative in terms of the way the animals work symbiotically together with the land. Uh, he cares about earthworms and microbiomes in his soil. Those are his concern. Uh, not just dumping on chemicals to get the most productivity out as possible. So anyway, it's a huge, wonderful topic that it would behoove all of us to think a little bit more about as we go through our daily life. So Nathan, you also developed something called the spiral of sustainability, and you provide a lot of education about sustainability using that paradigm. So we have, oh, about four or five minutes left in this segment. Can you just begin to introduce us to your spiral of sustainability and what that means? Sure. A quick overview is um, I, I was really looking back at, like, how did we get to where we are? You know, really asking that question, like, how did we get to this place? You know, what, yeah. what did that path look like? Because if you go back hundreds of thousands of years, humans have always lived sustainably on the land. Um, if they didn't, they didn't survive. And the ones who did survive um, and the ones who really thrived lived sustainably. They worked with nature. They, they worked with, you know, many of these uh, polyculture uh, farming techniques where you're companion planting you know, like we have a row of corn, beans, and squash growing here in our backyard. Corn, beans, and squash growing together, right? They support each other in many ways. Um, that's one example of many of companion planting. But, you know, the civilizations that thrived did it forever sustainably. Um, 
And so what I noticed was I started seeing this spiral. And in the center was humanity a long time ago living sustainably. And something happened. I have ideas about it. We don't have time to really discuss those ideas. I'm sure others have ideas. But something happened where all of a sudden, and this happened thousands of years ago, where the spiral, where humanity started getting away from living sustainably. And if you can see a spiral, you start in the center, it starts spiraling outwards. Um, And the further that spiral goes, that further away you get from that place of sustainability. And something continued to happen over the years where we kept getting further and further away from sustainability. We started mechanizing things. We started this technocratic world. We started uh, trying to make things more convenient. We started making machines. We started making electronics. We had this industrial revolution that really accelerated all this manufacturing and giant buildings and, and all of this to this point where we spiraled way out of sustainability where we are now as a global society. Now, it's not everybody. There are civilizations that are still very much living in harmony with the land, but they're becoming fewer and fewer daily. And that's the sad part because we think it's technology, more technology, more technology that's going to save us, um, that's going to make us sustainable. And the reality, it's not. You know, right. those are, uh, the spiral of sustainability then goes forward towards the center. So we went from the center outwards, and now we have this big movement where we're going towards sustainability, where we're spiraling into the center. Um, I don't like to say back to sustainability because you can't go back. We can only go forward. Um, yeah. so forward to sustainability. And so, you know, solar and wind and, and hydro and things like that, those are part of the spiral, but they're on the outer edges of the mm-hmm. spiral as we start moving forward towards a totally regenerative and sustainable society. And that means changing some major life habits and things that we're doing to do that. And and we're going to have to do that if we really want a future to be able to offer our our next generations. Yes, yes, totally agree with all of those points. And this is a big subject. I know you mentioned to me before that you give talks that are two to three hours long on your spiral of sustainability. So there's really a lot of information in that to, to consider. And So what we're going to do now is get ready for our break. And then on the other side of this break, we're going to ask Nathan, what are the top three things we can all do to move toward a more sustainable lifestyle? So thank you, Nathan, for all this info. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we are going to go to our break. Stay tuned. And we'll see you on the flip side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. 
Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Nathan Crane, president of the Panacea Community, executive producer of Unify Fest, filmmaker, and inspirational speaker. And Nathan introduced many things to us today. Uh, his upcoming Unify Fest, which will happen in September in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and also his thoughts about sustainability. And we just scratched the surface of his spiral of sustainability. He just described what it is briefly, uh, and there's a lot to it, actually. Uh, As he and I discussed previously, there are seven levels to it, and there's a lot of information there about how to go from one level to the next to increase the sustainability of your lifestyle. So, but Nathan, one question for you is, what are some things that we could all really start focusing on sooner rather than later to live in a more sustainable way? Definitely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I just want to take a quick minute on the seven levels of sustainability, seven being, you know, completely regenerative and completely sustainable and mm-hmm. one being like not sustainable at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I live anywhere between a level three to a level four, level five, just depending on my actions for that day. And my goal is to be at a level seven. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage people to have a goal in mind of where you see yourself the next one year, two years, three years of sustainability. And um, a spiral of sustainability can help you to, to get there, to see the path to get there. But just having the goals, like, yeah, I want to be, my life, I want to be totally sustainable, completely in harmony with the land um, and doing all of those things that are regenerating the earth because that's, and it's not as easy as doing it overnight, especially right. when you're, you know, um, uh, involved in, in much of the work that we're doing here on the planet, but there's a lot of things we can do. And the three biggest things you can do right now are, number one, handmade. <clears throat> Get as much handmade everything that you possibly can. So if you're buying something new, um, really try to make sure that it's handmade, that yeah. it's not done in a giant factory machine, uh, uh, you know, like a, overseas somewhere that's, that's, you know, being produced. Most things nowadays are just aren't even touched by humans. They're produced by robots and big factories, you know, and that creates so much pollution and degradation to the planet. It's unbelievable. Um, so whatever it is, if you can get it handmade, um, you know, a side, a little side note of that is, um, secondhand things are just as good or even better simply because it's already been made. 
Yeah. And rather than throwing it away or buying something brand new, which requires more resources, you, you buy something that's already been used and someone has given it away. So it's secondhand. Um, that's probably even better. But handmade is number one. Um, number two is local. Yes. Anything that you get, food, clothing, shoes, uh, materials, uh, resources, whatever you can get, really try your hardest to find it locally first before you order on Amazon or something like that. Um, it takes more time. Sometimes it does cost a little bit more, um, but it makes you think more of like, do I really need that thing? <laughs> you know, is right. that really going to improve the quality of my life so much more that, uh, you know, I'd be willing to pay a little bit more for it or not? You know, a lot of things we buy end up getting thrown away in a year or two. So you find that you really didn't need it, right? So yes. um, lo- anything you can local, it doesn't mean just like buying um, something from a local shop that was imported from China, you know? Right, and right. That, that, <laughs> that it's actually made there locally um, as much as possible. And, of course, supporting local shops helps your local economy, but, um, you know, sustainable economics in that way. So that's a whole other discussion that goes way beyond that. Um, so, so as much, and food especially, as much local yes. as possible. And then the third one is organic. And organic applies to more than just food. Um, but organic solves many issues with um, the degradation of, of the soil, of the plants, of the land, of the water, even more if it's grown using permaculture principles where they are regenerating the soil. Um, it's even better, you know, where it's like wild-crafted or you know, with biodynamics and grown using companion planting, but organic at a minimum. I mean, yes. nobody should be buying anything nowadays that's conventional. It means it's, it's polluted with pesticides and chemicals and stuff that's poisoning your body, poisoning the land, poisoning the water, poisoning the earth. You know, yeah, you might pay a few extra dollars for organic, but when it comes to your produce, your fruits and vegetables, your herbs, your nuts, your seeds, your berries, um, you don't pay a whole lot more, but what you do is you are creating a more sustainable future. You are definitely creating a more sustainable body, um, yes. and you are taking a huge step towards um, uh, creating a better future for the next generation. So those three, um, uh, if you can get all three, then you're really making huge leaps. Again, handmade, local, and organic. If you can't get handmade or local, at the very least, get organic, and that applies to clothing, um, it applies to soaps, it applies to cosmetics, um, it applies to just about everything that you can really try to push for organic at a bare minimum. Yes, yes. And I know here, uh, I'm in Colorado in Fort Collins, and there are so many food entrepreneurs in this area and in Boulder. Uh, I, if I go to a grocery store here, I just see so many products, organic, handmade uh, from Boulder, uh, ideally using local ingredients. So just uh, even at your farmer's market, um, going around getting to know who your farmers are, where your food comes from, so important. It seems like it's very easy to be detached from your food and not know where it came from by just shopping in the grocery store and picking up boxed things. Uh, there is that level of convenience there, but unfortunately we're paying a big price for that convenience in terms of our bodies and in terms of the impact that those kind of farming have on the planet. So, Right. right. And, and just briefly, I mean, I've lived in places where it's almost impossible to find anything organic, especially mm. food. So 
I know, I know what that's like. And when that's the case, and this should be the case for everybody, one of the biggest things you can do right now that will literally transform and improve and change this culture we're into a more regenerative, sustainable society is to grow your own food. Yeah. Like the biggest thing you can do and grow it using organic principles, grow it using companion planting and permaculture principles. And you will do more for the planet than just about any other thing. And, and if you don't have space where you live, you can grow in your windowsills. I have kale and I have um, lettuce that grows in our windowsill. My five-year-old daughter, when she wants greens, she walks, or we encourage her to have greens if she's having <laughs> you know, too, too much dehydrated stuff or cereal or something. You know, she walks over and grabs a few pieces of kale, a few pieces of lettuce. It's been growing organically in our windowsill. And she eats it fresh right there. But if you can grow yes. outside, um, if you don't have the land, start a community farm or yes. search for a community farm or get yes. community farms started at your schools, get them started at your churches, get them started at your community centers. You know, we have to take back control of our food supply. It's the, yes. It is the biggest thing that's going to help us as a humanity to, to move forward and to help prevent um, major devastation if tragedy does strike, which it does many times with natural disasters and economic collapses and so forth. So simply growing your own food and getting connected with community that's growing food, you know, within 20 miles of you will, will make a huge difference. Absolutely agree with that, yes, because so much that's damaging with our food supply is due to factory farming and the fact that we handed over our food supply to big multinational corporations. And uh, I could see why that happened uh, probably 40, 50 years ago because of convenience, but that was a bad trade-off that we made, and I think we're all learning that right now. So bringing the food supply back to the local level uh, it, first of all, it deprives corporations of their obscene profits that they can use to buy our politicians and bureaucrats, and it's just much more healthy for us. So, yes, totally agree with that advice. Okay, well, thank you so much, Nathan, today for all the information that you provided to us. I wish you all the best for Unify Fest. That sounds like it's going to be a fantastic event. So thank you for coming and sharing all of that with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you for, for hosting this show and bringing all this wonderful wisdom that you do to, to everybody listening, and, and thank you for everyone tuning in. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to us today. Don't forget to follow Gen R Holistic Media on Facebook. You can find us there, and you can also check out a lot of articles on a lot of the subjects we talked about today at Regeneratemagazine.com. And we will see you next week, same time, same place. And our guest will be teaching chef, certified nutritionist, and certified gaps practitioner, Monica Corrado. And on May 24th, we aired the first in a series of three shows with Monica entitled The Circle of a Nutritious Life. And she covered pre- and post-conception nutrition tips. And next week, we'll cover motherhood and menopause time periods in a woman's life. There are some important nutritional things you can do during these periods to make it much easier and healthier. Hope you can join us. Thanks again for everyone to, for stopping by today. Namaste. <music> Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. 